Selena, come with me down the corridors of history <laughs> to the 1960s. There was a biologist by the name of Paul Ehrlich who wrote a book that I think was probably one of the most idiotic books ever written. <laughs> it's called, okay. it was called The Population Bomb. Oh, goodness. And uh, what he talked about was this, and this was back in the 60s, I think, yeah, the late 60s. He, he had this hypothesis that the world was at, I don't know, 6 billion people. And based on the, this current rate of reproduction. of reproduction, of population growth, that by the year, I think, 1985, he had predicted that, you know, millions of people would die by famine, by <laughs> pestilence, by natural disaster, by social unrest. And uh, it was a very pessimistic, alarmist sort of book and basically said, like, uh, you know, as you're reading this title, you know, four kids died from starvation, probably because you bought this book type of thing, Con you know, consumerism, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, that was in the late 60s. It turned out to be a catastrophic failure of a book in that the bomb never went off. And so but what it did is it, it created this narrative and and still people are perpetuating the idea that overpopulation is one of the biggest threats to humanity well it's not and in the quite the opposite quite the opposite <laughs> population collapse and this is beginning to kind of bubble to the surface i've been studying this for a number of months because uh, i'm working on this book this is actually we're starting off a new series here today uh, around a book that i'm working on called discipling dissidents and it is going to be addressing this topic alongside things like in, you know, rampant individualism, the void of men in our society, uh, postmodernism and all its implications, the household economics, the mm. poison of progressive Christianity. All these, there are going to be chapters or essays in this book that are all geared around how do we disciple our children who, as you can see, if you're watching, you can hear it. If you're listening, our youngest is seven weeks old. How can we disciple her with her grandchildren in mind? So not our grand, her grandchildren. Yeah. So how can we teach her, raise her to be a faithful disciple of Christ, but also a discipler of disciplers, somebody who creates other disciplers based on mm -hmm. responding to the Great Commission? But I think as parents today, we need to be thinking through, kind of looking at the landscape, looking out over the next, I'll say, 75 to 100 years. Um, how can we be discipling our kids today in light of you know, 20, the year 2100? So we're starting this this series. We're going to talk about the whole population bomb fallacy here today. It'll be our first episode. It's not going to be the first chapter in the book, but it's the first one we're tackling because I feel like it's really prevalent, at least in my own study. So anyway, thank you for joining us. and We'll see you on the other side. So as believers, we are essentially, I think, in these next However many episodes we do in having these conversations, we are just, I think, shining a bright light on the scriptures that the commissions that God's given us to go and be fruitful and multiply mm. and take dominion right over the earth. Because like you said, this guy, is it Ehrlich? Yeah. He said that there's going to be too many people. There's going to be this population bomb in the 60s. And 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 now people are saying, oh, there's just too many. There's gonna be too many people, so we should stop having kids. And or there's a whole. There's just a lot of narrative going around that. Yeah, and I mean, this we, is not true. And unfortunately, <laughs> we won't have the time to go through the, the full breadth of information that we've been unearthing on this topic. Uh, but I want to get parents thinking about it, and young couples thinking about it. it, it you know, would be parents, because uh, it does. It does lead us to take more seriously these commands that God has given us yeah. um, 
and, and to have, they have a different timber to them and that we're not the, like, we don't, children aren't a blessing just because we like children. Children are a blessing for very tangible reasons yeah. you can touch. Well, for all, I would argue for very spiritual and tangible. Absolutely. I mean, every front, if God says something yeah. is a blessing, it's usually a blessing beyond our own ability to understand it fully. Right. And acknowledge yeah. it. So very quickly, my name is Ryan. This is my wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. This is the Fierce Parenting Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that it's worth your time. As we mentioned, this is the beginning of a series where we're going to be talking through some of the kind of hot button issues over the next, I don't know, foreseeable two, two, three months. Um, but we're hoping to make those episodes kind of short and punchy as we can. Um, and that's that's Sunny, Sunny Alethea Bess. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest here today. <laughs> so I want to I want to just do a quick thought experiment. It now I I, I know I already prefaced, prefaced this conversation. So I've already, I shot myself in the foot. But when you think about world population in terms of growth rate, what do you think? Now, I know what we're inclined to think and that the narrative as such goes this, like this. Uh, we are growing at an unsustainable rate. The planet is sick with this parasite called humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and we are sucking the lifeblood from the planet. There is smoke billowing into the atmosphere by the megaton per second and you know we are killing trees and you know okay and it's because of this scourge of population growth right that is that the narrative is that does that yeah <laughs> i was i mean i think there's we're gonna dive into a lot more of i'm only saying that because that's yeah. the even if somebody even if hearing the intro and, and us saying like that's the, the issue is actually population collapse decline, yeah. decline um even with that you've got in the back of your mind this thought that there's some credence to what i just said and that's the point that's the exact point because this has worked its way so thoroughly into the fabric of our society and it's it's undergirded some of our our beliefs and assumptions about parenting and what parenting should be and mm -hmm. what the child bearing decision should look like so much so that we are like fish in water we don't understand what water is because we're in it all the time Right. It's just how it how life is. And so I just want to I want to I want to bring this to the to the fore of our attention that we might talk about it, but namely that it can inform how we instruct our children around childbearing. So this isn't trying to convince you to have kids. I mean, absolutely. We want to convince you to have we love babies. We think babies are awesome. If you're able, have lots of babies. Right. Right. Be fruitful and multiply. Be as fruitful as, as you are able. And I don't mean financially able. I mean, if you are like of age and you can do it, like do it. The Lord will provide. I'm a, I'm a, he did it for us. I'm a strong believer in that. Also, Bible says so. <laughs> That's enough for me. Bible. Bible. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, we want to, we want to encourage you in that regard. But more than that, we want to encourage you in, if and when you have kids mm -hmm. or when you're talking to your kids about this, we want to frame this conversation biblically. We want to be aware, our head on a swivel, looking out of the horizon, saying this is what the world is saying. And this is why you can ignore it or you can reject it or you can outright oppose it. I'd say all of them. <laughs> all of the above. I would say all of them. And so I'm just going to run through some quick things real fast just to kind of illustrate the problem. This is what I call the great graying. Okay. So the great graying of our society is that we, we are a society that's growing old. Mm -hmm. We are graying. Okay, and so what 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 has happened traditionally? Right there. Yeah, I got a little bit of, a little bit of salt and pepper going on on the mm -hmm. old in the old beard. Oh baby, Selena's a big fan. <laughs> More on that on the marriage side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but what has happened? So oh, since 1965, <laughs> okay, humans, the human, uh, humanity's growth rate, so the population growth rate peaked in 1965, 2.1%. Mm. It peaked. It grew as fast as it was ever going to grow. Uh, where are we now? That, that would be 60 years ago, mm. almost so 58 years ago. It peaked. Ever since then, we've been on a decline. And, in that, and actually since then, in 2020, it was half that. It was not just, it was 2.1% in, in 1965 and 2020, which is three years ago as the time, as the time of recording, it was like 1.05%. Okay. So in 30, excuse me, in 57 years, it has reduced by 57%. Okay. So that's the, the human growth rate. Uh, excuse me, 50%. The worldwide fertility rate has fallen by 57% in 57 years. So it went from 5.3 babies per woman. Believe that. Now, most of the large families, the large childbearing families are going to be in sub-Saharan Africa. They're going to be some of the Middle Eastern countries. They're not, it's not America. It's not mm. Europe. It's right. not Australia. It's not even China. Not Western countries. Especially not China. China. But they're sub-Saharan African countries where you have a culture of people that are, are having a lot of babies. So that it went from 5.3, speaking of babies, babies per woman in 1963 to 2.3 babies per woman in the year 2020. That's a 57% decrease in 57 years. So we're losing a point per wow. year. That is only going down further. So the U.S., I forget the exact number, but I think the U.S. right now. So pop, population replacement rate is 2.1 children per marriage or 2.1 children per, yeah, per, per couple. Hmm. Uh we're not. We're at like 2.4 right now in the U.S. So we are currently at a at a replacement rate, but barely over. And the trend is downward, and that's why these numbers matter. So as of 2020 data, 70% of nations. So again, I talked about the sub-Saharan sub-Saharan African nations. Yeah. I'm not including. The, well, those are factored into this, but these are the third. Those are the 30%. So 70% of nations are below population replacement rates. Mm. So uh, in Japan, for example, uh, Japan. Yeah. Is closing schools weekly because they don't have kids. These yes. kids that were these these schools that were full of kids forty years ago yeah. are literally just shuttered. The playgrounds are empty, the grass is overgrown, the shrubs are untrimmed, mm -hmm. like they are completely shut down. All the while, so the playgrounds are empty, but then the nursing homes are full. The apartment buildings are still at a hundred percent, a hundred percent occupancy, but they're full of elderly people. Um, one of the metrics and Elon Musk talks about this um, and I think it's anecdotally interesting one way you can get a measure of what how population is doing is what's the ratio of adult diapers to baby diapers and mm. Japan's one of these countries that has outsold adult diapers far longer you know for the last I don't know five years ten years I don't know it's been a while another uh, statistic here just for the sake of conversation by the year 2100, okay, so China is kind of, it's I think currently the most populous nation. They're about to be over, overdone, outdone by India, I think in the next decade or so, mm -hmm. maybe sooner. Uh, China is the most populous nation on the planet. 1.4 billion people. Wow. By the year 2100, okay, they're going to be cut in half to around 700 million people. Think about the impact of that on the aging populace. Mm -hmm. So, Ideally, you'd have for every one person who's, you know, reaching an age of 60 or older, you have another child born. Well, but what if you only had one person born for every two people? Mm. Well, what's going to happen is you 
you have people that are 70 or 80 years old and there's only, you know, you can say you need a hundred workers to care mm-hmm. for those people. We only have 50. So now what do you do? You have either subpar care or you don't care for them. And we'll get to why this really is pertinent to the parenting conversation here in a minute. But I guess we'll do that now because um, I, I was going to actually go into like how are the ages stratified, but I think it makes sense. So if you, if you have kids that aren't being born, basically what will happen is this, you know, the bottom billion is now going to be in their teenage years and then they'll be in their adult years all the while. You've got, you know, half a million, half a billion being born. And so it ends up being top heavy. Mm. You have most of your population is going to be the age, you know, 40 and older. Right. And you've got half your population is. And so it's inevitable that eventually when those people die, you're going to have half now, why is this a big deal? Why should we care? Well, there's pragmatic effects of population collapse uh, that we're talking about. Uh, but more importantly, I think the under the underlying reasons for choosing not to have children, and it is a, mm-hmm. I want to, I'll nuance this later. It is a choice based on right. what the, the statisticians are saying. Right. Uh, and the, those reasons for those choices are anti-biblical and must be, as Christians, they must be countered. Okay. So in terms of the pragmatic reasons why population collapse is a bad idea, imagine a world, and I said this before, where playgrounds sit silent and nursing homes are over capacity, right? Or more, or for a more palpable experience. And I've, I did this recently. Yeah. If you live in a neighborhood, we happen to live in a neighborhood, walk down your street and just take it in, right? So you've got houses that are, that there's people, there's cars parked out front. There's people, you know, who live there, whether they're there or not, there's signs of life. Right. Now, as you're walking down your neighborhood, picture half of those houses empty. And they have all the signs of emptiness and the fact that there's, they're not being lived in. The grass, is, again, is overgrown. The, uh, the paint is peeling. The sidewalks are cracked. The roofs are covered in moss. The windows are broken. Yeah. The car, there's no car in the driveway. Uh, you know, no one lives there. And it's not because it's intrinsically a bad house. It's because there's not enough people to live there. Yeah. Now imagine what that would do to your to your neighborhood. Uh, if you want a very visceral experience of this, if or if you're an unimaginative person, go to Detroit. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a, to, you know, as a. It's not a slight. Yeah, it's not a a slam on Detroit. It's just it's what has happened in the city. Yeah. And now theirs was because of economic change, right? They had uh, I forget they, they were the Rust Belt and stuff happened and they lost a bunch of jobs and now you've got all these houses and I, I was there recently because our publisher. Uh, is is out of uh, Grand Rapids, and so I, I flew into Detroit and I rented a car from somebody who lives in Detroit, and it was like two houses were empty for every one house that had somebody mm. in it, and the amount of houses that had shuttered windows and people were squatting, or they had just they had squat they had been squatted in, trashed, and then people had moved on to squat in another house. It was very saddening. Mm-hmm. Now imagine that happening nationwide. Mm. So that's Detroit today. That's Japan now. Now the thing about Japan is, and people who follow trends will know this Japan is always kind of on the bleeding edge in terms of what America is, is adopting, believe it or not. Like they, they obviously they care about what America is doing, but in many ways they're usually like five or 10 years ahead of us in terms mm. of trends of fashion, trends really? in technology, trends in the uptake and adoption of technology. Part of that could be because they're aging population. I don't know. The point is, is I think they're ahead on this trend as well. <laughs> yeah. um, so this topic, I'm not kidding, has the potential of get, getting our blood pumping because it, it, it can stress us out because I wonder like what are our, what are our grandkids going to face well and it's it's not only that I mean if again if you listen to the cultural the social and just cultural narrative of, of the unbelieving world 
it is driving us there, like full speed pedal to the metal, driving the contributing factors for why we are going to be at a loss when it comes to population yeah. uh, in the next hundred years is is because of these messages of, you know, I mean, abortion and just take one big slice out of that. Yeah. I mean, when we're, we're here, we are uh, killing our young um, before they have a chance to even try life. Um, it's tragic. And well, I think that's that's one of them. Now, I, through the studies will we'll attribute many reasons. I think it's it's the sexual revolution, yeah. which that has to do with abortion. The pill is a big one. You see a, a drop in fertility uh, right around the 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, the sexual revolution, which was the kind of the the, the 60s in full bloom. Mm -hmm. yeah, again, most of this trend, the downward trend really happened right. around the 70s. Right. And it's continued. Now, what's interesting is some, you know, the sociologists and the, and the scientists are all baffled. They're like, never in the history of humankind has there been a time of utter prosperity and utter, mm. uh, uh, utter like peace. Right. And mm -hmm. still the population declined. Well, and the most decline has happened in those times. Well, in the last, well, it's been in the last 50 years in terms of population growth. We will see the population decline as soon as the elder right. generations Sorry, begin to die off. But it's unprecedented, and, and and no one who who is talking about this is optimistic, mm. and so and that's not just believers. We're no, seeing no, no. this in yeah. unbelievers. I've not read anything from believers on this. That's why we're Christians. that's why we're doing this yeah. because I want to talk about this issue in a from through a, a biblical lens. Yeah. Now they are not hopeful. Now here's one of the things: if you're listening to this podcast, you're watching this video, you're not somebody who has to live through this. We're going to be dead, but our children. So by the year 2100, our oldest will be 87 years old. Our youngest will be 77 years old or 78 years old. And so they will have to deal with it. And they will be the ones who will be looking to a younger generation that is not big enough to care for them. And so this is one of the reasons, this is kind of the big takeaway for me personally, is I'm, we have four daughters. We're teaching them children are wealth. You want children because children are going to be your form of wealth. When you're old and you need someone to care for you, your children, your children's children, and their children will care for you. Right. And that changes the whole narrative. And it just brings so much light to the scriptures of why God says that children right. are a blessing, right? And that family is God's idea. Uh, these tenets that we've based yeah. fierce parenting around are all deeply rooted in scripture. Mm -hmm. And they're so basic. And, and because they're so basic, we tend to gloss over them. But yeah, children are a blessing. What does that mean? They're actually... A blessing spiritually they're a blessing and yeah. that they sanctify us materialistically you know like tangibly they're a blessing because yeah. ideally they'll take care of us right when we're yeah. older so i, I want to be clear though at this point because while i said the scientists aren't hopeful i'm not saying this we're not our hope is not in that <laughs> our, yeah, our hope isn't is in christ first and foremost our hope is in god's sovereignty but I'm not sharing this just so, hey, you can, we can all be conspiracy theorists. We can build bunkers. We can build communes so that we can, so our families will survive through the Mad Max series, not that, yeah. uh, through the Mad Max time that's coming. That is not the goal. The goal is how can we disciple them in the way that they will be cross-carrying missional disciple makers mm -hmm. in those moments and, and ministers of Christ who will be loving others and bringing others into the gospel right. in those moments. Right. So I want to make that clear so that as we're picturing this this future, it's not, okay, how can I just make sure that we have, that my kids are Take safe? Take care of mine, yeah. No, it's how can we teach our children to be obedient to Christ in these moments? Right. Okay, so where does this leave us in terms of population? So as population collapse happens now, assuming nothing 
changes, okay, it's very unlikely that the society that we live in will change and write the direction. Uh, what's what seems to me to be a possibility, whether or not it's likely, I'm not the right person to ask, is you have people, uh, the humanist solution, which is, and we'll talk about this in, very briefly, is that, you know, well, we've got artificial wombs. And so we're just going to get all the young, fertile women who have good eggs. We're going to get them to give us their eggs because they don't want to have kids because they want to have a career. So we're going to get them to well, give us their eggs. They're going to buy this. Yeah. And then we're going to gestate the eggs in, in artificial wombs so that we have a work. We have a working class. OK. Have you read Brave New World? <laughs> Aldous Huxley? Like doesn't go well. Uh, that's that's a pretty dark scenario, but I, I, I again that's that's more on like the fringe stuff. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, frankly, I think it's an inhumane, and I pray the Lord does not allow that to happen. Um, but the point is, uh, so where does this leave us? So governments will need to restructure Social Security and things like state subsidized medical coverage because there won't be a tax base uh, to support it. Aging demographics will need services that are either too expensive or non-existent. Mm. Uh, infrastructure will will contract to levels uh, that are unsustainable by the workforce or that they'll contract to levels that are now sustainable by the workforce. So think of th think about things like water, power, gas, you know, yeah. fuel, infrastructure, things like road management, road maintenance, airports, pilots, hmm. air steward, like all these things, right? We're gonna need workers. And you think, well, robots can fix it. Well, okay, but robots can't pay taxes. So who's gonna pay for the robots? <laughs> um, we're not conspiracy theorists, truly. No, no. I'm, like, let's think about this. <laughs> yeah, now, this just, is kind of futury, so you know, I could, we could be wrong on some of these things. I'm just let's think about it. Uh, businesses will have a hard time finding staff. Schools will close. Populations age. Real estate based wealth accumulation will evaporate. Mm -hmm. Like, when 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 houses are almost literally a dime a dozen, like having four of them to rent rental properties is not going to be a bright future. Yeah. And robots don't need houses. <laughs> Uh, consumer goods, variety, and availability will diminish as China's population is halved and overseas demand falls. So this is just looking forward. Again, not a, I'm not trying to paint a dark picture. I'm just saying, what are we going to do as believers? What are we called to do? Right. Um, so I, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this. Okay. Uh, we'll use our we family. to leave them on, leave them hooked for yeah. a bit because yeah. there's so much here to unpack. Yeah. I do have a lot more. I do have a lot more. Okay. So I'll just get you thinking secularism is not the answer so the secularist approach basically says and we'll have a, a chapter on secularism as well we'll talk about that later but secularism is basically this that if we throw enough money or human mind capital at it we can solve the problem we can fix it it's 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 very hubristic of us to say that if we can just think harder and have more resources we can fix it i don't think that's the problem because here are the secularist solutions all right government will fix it that already is demonstrably has not worked in italy they tried to get people to have kids People don't like the government telling them to have babies. That's weird. All right. Denmark had a campaign called Do It for Denmark, which is like literally do it, do the deed for Denmark. Like have babies because we're, Denmark has one of the lowest replacement rates. They're, they're like the furthest wow. off. It's, it's really sad. Um, and even if the government resolves to provide services for the elderly because they can't find the workers, well, or because the, you know they're underserved, well, where's the government going to get the workers from? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the, the whole robots thing. Well, we can we can outsource that to our our robotic friends. Well, <laughs> robots don't pay taxes, and they don't they don't. How how is that sustainable? Mm. 
especially if you don't have people, who's going to build the robots? Who's going to maintain the robots? Who's going to invent robot the robots? This robot thing sounds so funny, but I know that people are really, I mean, you see we it. We have on, a robot vacuum, all right? And it's amazing. It, no, you see it. Yeah, it is. And it needs a lot of maintenance. But you see it, <laughs> on, it on the news. Things. I mean, the AI stuff is, is real and people are, they're mm -hmm. really trying to yeah. make that further that on. And I just, gosh. Yeah. So as Christians, okay, I'm, I'm here to say secularism is not our savior. However, we have truth in hand. And so I want to say we want to learn and apply the truth. And here it is. Our children, this maybe I'll leave it here. Our children need a robust theology of procreation and they need a firm conviction mm -hmm. to participate in the cultural mandate, to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth and subdue it. Mm -hmm. Now, by the way, that's not just a Christian thing. Like humanity <laughs> should be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. That, that's a human mandate, cultural mandate. Now, Christians have a special role to play in subduing it under the glory of God and the stewardship under Christian principles. But that is a human mandate. Uh, that's the first one. They need a robust theology of those things. Um, and then we need to be able to uh, uh, understand and, and I guess teach them truly what it means that children are a heritage from the Lord mm -hmm. and the fruit of the womb is actually a reward. Children are wealth. Right. They are wealth. They're not just warm fuzzies that we, we get self-actualization from. I enjoy being a dad, yes, but that's not where the wealth of a child is rooted. Right. It's in the fact that you are actually a human being who is going to carry forth this cultural mandate to subdue the earth, to fill it. And so in that sense, you're wealth. You're also wealth in the sense that if I, if I were a farmer, if we had sons, I would say, get out in the field because we have to work this land. That's wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are authors. And so we are and we, we publish books. And so uh, I'm training our daughters in the craft of our of our household, which we'll talk about that. Um, but that's I view them as 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 wealth. They're they're producers. Now I'm not going to exploit them. Right, right. But like this is what we do. This is how we subdue the earth. Right. Um, so that's the first one. Learn learn and apply biblical truth. The second one is unobscure the lies. And I quickly want to go through some of these. This is <laughs> maybe I should not do this. I think you should wait. I wanted because I kind of wanted. I, to... I'm going to do a cliffhanger on this. Okay. So there are okay. a bunch of. Okay. Go ahead. I'm just saying that when you look at history. Where where do they begin the deconstruction? Where do they begin trying to take control and remove people out of out of the positions of power and of freedom? They begin with the young people. They kill off the young people. They get the attention of the young people. Like children are hearts and minds. They are wealth. Are. Like truly, you saying they're wealth, but they're wealth. Yes, yeah. for Christians, but they are also seen as wealth by. Yeah, the secular. Every despot in in all of history, it all has. They've always had a special. They understand that strategy for the youth. Absolutely. It's like you know, give me your youth for seven years. And Stalin and I'll, and I'll, said that, yeah, yeah, and I'll give you back a communist or whatever. <laughs> but I forget what he said. A Marxist, I don't know. Um, the point is, yeah, children are truly wealth, uh, and so I'll unpack this more. You have to wait. I'm sorry, listener. I'm sorry, viewer. Don't be sorry. I think that we should leave them hanging and they'll come <laughs> well, we back. Have, there are lies to unobscure. So there are lies that, that we believe in kind of without questioning. And yeah. I'm saying that we need to question these things. We need mm -hmm. to question these in front of our kids. And I'm not talking about being a weirdo. I'm talking about just like, listen, all this stuff that society is telling us that maybe uh, that kids are anything other than a blessing, that kids are maybe a, a burden or kids are not worth it or 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 they're fun Young until mothers they're are better off old. pursuing career. <laughs> yeah, or they're better off self-actualizing somebody, or that they're better off pursuing sexual liberation on some level. These are all lies that our society will will absolutely tell our children. We must be proactive in not letting them 
believe these lies. They're going to hear mm-hmm. the lies. We, we have to teach them to identify and not believe them. Yeah, they need to know so truth unobscure. so well. Yes. Yep, that they know truth so well that they can, they can unpack the yeah. lie without a doubt and so quick. Yeah. And so what is, you know, what do we do here? What am I, I have a whole list of things like reasons that young people are not having kids and. and Which I think we should talk about next, next week. You want to spend another week on this? Yes. Okay. Well, I do what mama says. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a reason to unpack these because young people, I mean, I think if we had known this, I think that there might've been more of a fire under us to not have exercise so much agency in the area of childbearing i think that oh yeah god is sovereign but man i mean yep. once we got started it was like why didn't we do this sooner and not just that again it's not just about the joy because kids are hard they're the hardest thing you will ever do i think and but god again he calls them a blessing if he if we're not seeing them as rightly then we need to ask him to help us see them rightly yeah and so there were some things that we as a young couple some of these lies that we we, even, we bought yeah, that we heard and, and believed. And, and it's not like we were evan- evangelists for the lies. We just passively uh, believed them. Yeah, and we didn't so, question them. Uh, we are actively <laughs> unearthing them and debunking them with our kids, and we're going to maybe share those with you next week. So that being said, you'll have to wait. Sorry, sorry we have time. Um, uh, if you are listening to this, you're thinking, these people are crazy. <laughs> There's no hope for the future. <laughs> we're here to tell you that there is absolutely hope. Uh, and we we can I think the he's already overcome. Yeah, and we and I forget it's a proverb or something like the you know the man who fears the Lord like laughs at, at like at the day to come type well, of thing. Well, it's a Proverbs thirty one woman. Is that the Proverbs? <laughs> it's woman? like she laughs at the day of trouble and the okay. day of trouble. It wasn't Proverbs. I was, I was there. I was in the right book. <laughs> you laugh at the day of trouble, and it's not because the day of trouble is easy. It's because we know how it ends. We know the one who is the Lord over history, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he the thing is is he's not far off. Mm-hmm. He's not unreachable. Because he has made himself known to us. He is, even now you're hearing his name. If, mm. if you've not considered placing your faith in him, this is yet another instance of him reaching out in a sense to you. So we want to encourage you to place your faith in Christ so that you don't have to be hopeless because you can look at the future and you can laugh at the day to come. And you can say, you know, I know the one now who, who says that he holds me in his hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to place my faith in him. If you want to know more, you want to take a step. We encourage you to talk to somebody you know who might be a Christian who could begin discipling you. Mm-hmm. Get a Bible. Find a pastor who teaches out of the Bible. Uh, and if you don't have any of that stuff, then we have a website. You can go to thenewsisgood.com. You can find some ways forward there. Let's pray. Father God, you truly are the Lord of all human history, mm-hmm. and you will bring it to its culmination in the second coming of your son, Jesus Christ, and you will reign forever. Every tear will be wiped. Every uh, every ounce of pain will be removed. Yet, Lord, you will be king and we will be your people so lord our faith and our hope is in that in the meantime we know that you've called us to work here to do your work to be parts the partners in, in with you and sharing your gospel first with our kids and teaching them to do the same with their friends with their own children eventually so i pray to give us wisdom to that end lord let us not despair because we know you we, we know we've read the end of the book in jesus name amen amen all right thanks for joining us for this special episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast. <laughs> Selena, what do you, you got? No, it's good. Okay. It's good. Is it intense? I'm just surprised uh, that you thought you would get through all of this in one episode. Well, he's well, always ambitious. You're ambitious, what I love and about you. And to be you. honest, the, the verdict is that I don't know that we'll go into this again next week, but we'll see. People, It might that. just come out organically in the conversations. I won't let it. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding.
Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you for listening so much. Uh, and, and thanks for giving us your time. Um, we, we pray this was, was helpful for you. How should I end it now? <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> so much. Uh, it just thanks this so message much, or this episode. Go this, ahead. <laughs> this episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast is in the can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.